You don't have to be positive all the time. It's perfectly okay to feel sad, angry, annoyed, frustrated, scared, and anxious. Having feelings doesn't make you a negative person. It doesn't even make you weak. It makes you human. And we are here to talk through it all. We welcome you to These Fucking Feelings Podcast. A safe space for all who needs it. Grab a drink and take a seat. The session begins now. What's up, guys? Welcome to These Fucking Feelings Podcast, season 2.5. We're continuing focusing on mental health. I'm Micah. We got Rebecca over here. We're in our new digs. Very excited. This is our first interview that we're recording in our new studio. Um, and we have our special guest, Chris, but he goes by Preach. Um, and actually, so Jason Steiner kind of connected us. Yeah. Yeah, hero stock and all that stuff that's coming up. Are you going? You're part of that? Oh yeah, we'll be there. We've uh we're kind of a, a partner organization with him along with Wheels for Warriors. So uh it's gonna be this year hero stock's gonna be absolutely crazy. Yeah, we can imagine. We're actually trying to come. Um, yeah, we are. So nice, yeah. it'll be a good time. Definitely. Well, Preach, we always ask our guests to kind of introduce themselves to our audience because I feel like no one can do it better than you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your organization. So uh, my my major background is I'm former law enforcement. Um, I was a Goshen County Sheriff's Department out of Wyoming. Um, my captain and I got, um, picked up and contracted, um, with the U S marshals. Um, and then I was also, also a member of the national gang task force back in the early nineties. So, um, you know, my expertise was identifying gang members by their tattoos and, you know, so, I spent about seven years in law enforcement, got my fill of it and my fill of the the red tape that goes along with it. And um, we, we uh, went into, sorry about that. Um, and then uh, from there, went to work for the railroad just to, to make some good money and set a future up for me. And, um, my wife and I, we, uh, started, a a out, a commercial out guide, guide outfitters business. Um, and even at that point we were, it was for us, it was about getting Bibles in people's hands and, uh, just healing people through the outdoors. And after, uh, it just, it got to the point where dealing with the commercial side of things and how cutthroat it can be and the, the false sense of entitlement that a lot of people have that, um, it's hunting, you know, we're not, you know, people seem to think that guides are miracle workers and that they can, uh, you know, they guarantee full bag limits and, trophy animals and that's not always necessarily the case and 
you know, if you don't fulfill their expectations, um, you know, they get bent out of shape a little bit. And I just, I got tired of dealing with that. And a buddy of mine said, you know, you ought to think about doing what you're doing, but doing it with veterans. And we started discussing the, um, the suicide epidemic that was going on even back then. And, uh, we, uh, which would have been eight years ago. We started this in 2015. Um, so, you know, even back then they were throwing the number 22 around and anybody that, you know, is, is really connected into what's going on in our, in our veteran communities and even our active duty uh, communities knows that, you know, that number's thrown around very, very lightly. Um, you know, the numbers that they far exceed over, you know, a hundred and, I believe three years ago, we figured it was 147 veterans and active duty military are taking their own lives every single day, which is, you know, on a, on a daily average, that's, uh, we're losing more veterans daily to suicide than we ever lost during a conflict. And that just didn't sit well with me. And, and so, uh, you know, after discussing it with my wife, um, this is where, we were, we were led to go. And, uh, you know, I was pretty content with doing it three days a week. Um, as I kept my main paying job and God had different, uh, different plans for me. And I just didn't want to go into ministry full time, you know, being a, I came from a very small area, small town. Um, and I saw how pastors lived and, and I just was not uh, willing to sign up for that, I guess, is the best way to put it. And like I said, God had other plans. And uh, in 2015, uh, we started this full time on December 15th. And as of uh, the March, uh, actually May 31st, we've uh, served 315 veterans from across the United States. And uh, we're in a situation now to where, you know, the majority of them have been non-residents to Nebraska. And we really need to focus on the veterans in our own backyard. Um, you know, we're comfortable at this point with saying that we're losing 200 veterans a year in Nebraska to suicide. And, you know, no, no light is being shown on that and, and there's nothing really being done about it. And it's not just in Nebraska, it's across the board. And, you know, there's got to be organizations that are willing to, to do and exactly what they say they're going to do. And, you know, that's kind of our stance on it, you know, being a grassroots and organization, you know, our, well, the only thing we have to stand on is our integrity and our word. And so we protect both of those and um, we model exactly what we say we do in our walk and, and how we treat our veterans. And so that kind of gets you up to speed. Um, we're going to launch an equine therapy program um, and hopefully we will have that up and running by early fall 
Um, we're in the process of trying to get a, an equine property um, secured and uh, we'll be a, a certified through hooves out of Ohio. Um, Amanda Held is the founder and, and president of that organization and we'll be the only uh, Nebraska veteran.org um, certified equine therapy program. So what sort of activities will be provided for, you know, during the equine program? So it's going to be a lot of, you're going to have classroom activity, um, a lot of that. And I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with, with equine healing, but a lot of it in, so horses and especially Mustangs are a prey animal. And with that being the, the case, they're always, they're looking for, for lack of a better term, the alpha, they're looking for protection. And the only way to gain that, I mean, to gain that horse's um, trust is transparency. And, you know, which causes us all to be in a position, especially in the equine world, that we've got to be transparent with our feelings and our emotions and and uh, in order for that animal to trust us, you know, a horse, a horse is so sensitive that it can feel a fly land in the middle of its back. Yeah, they're very perceptive. And so, you know, that that being that perceptive, you know, it, it really leads to how they are so perceptive with how an individual carries themselves and the energy that that individual um, personifies, if you will. And so, you know, that you've got to build that relationship with that animal. And, and in order to do that, you've got to gain their trust. And so what that does is that forces that veteran to essentially deal or, or be honest with himself about the demons that he's carrying and dealing with. Yeah, and a symbol of a horse in itself is like freedom. So in my mind, when I was doing a little research, um, I think with a veteran, especially um, in working with their healing and especially with suicide, potential suicide victims or, you know, whatnot, but they, they are working through their situations. And, and I think a sense of relief from those feelings is like a freedom. And I think absolutely it is definitely a great way to work through that. So I well, love doing that. You know, most veterans that struggle with PTS or CSD, even um, they they struggle with with relationships. Anyway, um, you know, when you're in the military and, and even in law enforcement, you know, the the man to your left and the man to the right are who you depend on. They're your lifeline. And so that's the mindset that you've had your entire military career. And when you come out of that military career, whether it's through um, medical retirement, whether it's, you know, however that may look, you do not, when general society doesn't react that way and doesn't think that way. General society is about self and self-preservation. 
and and that's that's really sad because if if everybody could get over themselves and really give a care about the you know their neighbor this world would be in a whole lot better place than where it is right now definitely absolutely definitely. and you then know. our podcast going to be needed <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you guys would be upset because you'd be without a job. So right, right, right. But no, no, no. Trust. I can talk about anything. So I will find something <laughs> else to talk about. Okay. But um, but it's crazy because it's like as you're talking and we're thinking about veterans. And um, my dad was a Vietnam vet. Sure. And my sister was in the Iraq War. And you know, so and it's like both of them never really like discussed. Well, not with me. They might have had conversations with my siblings, but it's like I never really knew what they went through. I knew my sister ended up like she had to kill somebody once and she was telling me how she was like really, really hungry afterwards. But I guess I, which is weird, right? Um, yeah, she, was, she said she was hungry. Like people asked her how she felt and she was like, I want a chicken sandwich. Um, <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing. My family. I guess will. we all have our own. <laughs> We're a bunch of weirdos, right? <laughs> but, um, but I was thinking like, it's crazy that like the military doesn't provide like some kind of therapy service before you enter or, or after, or before you get out. Does, does that make sense? Like, yeah, absolutely. Why, I mean, why it's, don't it's they sad. Do? It really is. Yeah. Like, why aren't we having these mental health checks? Well, before number we one, you know, out? these these men and women, and and I'm going to refer to them to what exactly what they are, and that's that's heroes. Right. Um. You know, I mean, they're a total stranger to a lot of people, and they're willing to sacrifice their life for somebody they don't even know. Right. And so, you know, there's only one other person throughout history that was willing to do that. And that was Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior. So that's pretty amazing. Right. But you know, it, it, what it all boils down to is once again, as a, as a nonprofit and as, as team members at what we do, we have to gain that individual's trust, that individual veteran's trust. And so there's a lot of correlations between that veteran gaining that horse's trust and us having to gain that veteran's trust. And that there's a lot of connections that are made through those similarities. Now, I feel like before you can get into someone trusting you, I feel like they they have to admit or know that something's wrong, that they're dealing with something. So I well, guess most I'm, of these guys know that something's wrong. Right. Okay. They just don't want, they don't want anybody else to know that there's something wrong. Right. Yeah. We need you to know? change this there right now. You hear us heroes. We talking to you heroes. If, <laughs> if you know there's something wrong, you can reach out to preach. <laughs> well, there's, you know, there's a lot the of sad thing is though, guys, is that we live in a society today that is so judgmental. Very. And mental health carries such a stigma. And and so, you know, and, and I guess what I, if, if I were to say anything to any veteran out there today, it would be, it's okay to not be okay. Definitely. The reality of it is, is all of us are messed up to some level. Yeah. And, you know, the, the worst thing that somebody can do, even myself, 
and and I've had my struggles with PTS and and you know the, the, some of the stuff that I had to deal with in law enforcement. The the worst thing that you can say to somebody is, "I understand where you're at. I understand because right. you don't." You know, what I struggle with and what I saw and how I received that and how I dealt with it is way different than the way you're going to deal with something or respond to it. So for me to say that I understand, that's not a fair statement. Yeah. And, and and the very the, the very best that we can do is empathize with that individual. Right. And so a lot of times the best thing that we can do even as as a nonprofit is involved that works with with veterans on a daily basis is don't pry right. don't ask questions just let them talk cuz that's what they want to do Definitely. they need to to get rid of that weight they need they just want somebody to listen to them and know that that individual cares, legitimately cares. Right. Because the reality of it is, is the majority of society doesn't give a shit about them. Okay. The VA doesn't give a shit about them. And then and I, kind of what you were saying about judgment, you know, because people are so quick to judge an appearance or how they look, yeah. they say, or, you know, it just kind of goes back to. Well, and, and, the, and the thing is, is you can look at somebody and, and you know, by appearances, they're all squared away. Right. I mean, they're dialed in, you know, by all appearances. I mean, it's like, man, that dude's got it together. But you don't know the demons that dude is battling every single night when he lays down. You know, and, and you know, unfortunately, the VA's answer to that is medication. Let's create, you know, a bunch of walking zombies. Definitely. Well, that's not the answer either, because all medication does is mask what it is that, you know, we need to get to the bottom line of and deal with. Right. And so I think um, that's kind of like one of the main uh, purposes of our podcast is kind of just to show people that there, that there are so many methods to healing. It's it's not a one size fits all. It's kind of like you said, not everybody can't have the same situation. No, you really can't walk around in someone else's shoes. And if you can, you can't wear it the way they wear it. So you're still not experiencing what they're experiencing. And doctors and medicine, even though can be helpful to some people, it, it isn't to any everybody. And, right. You know, well, and the other ahead, the sorry. other side of that is that. The, you know, we we use hunting as that platform for so long. Well, we knew that we were losing veterans through the cracks because, quite honestly, the reality is, is that there's many, many, many veterans out there that don't care if they ever touch a gun again, right. let alone take the life of something ever again. Yeah, I was you know, so how you know, hunting kind of fit in with all the other elements of your uh, program, because I see the art therapy and obviously the Bible and the equine. I just wondered how they took to the hunting aspect of your program. Well, you know, like I said, you know, we've served 315 veterans from East coast to West coast. 
And all of that's been through the hunting side of things. And, you know, some of them will do the, the art therapy when there's downtime. But what we're wanting to do is, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Hooves and Amanda Held. Um, I'm going to look her up. <laughs> she's an amazing woman. And she's a veteran herself that struggled with, with PTS. She had a struggle with uh, suicidal tendencies. And, and right. she found her healing through equine therapy and using Mustangs. And so, um, you know, you've just, you, you kind of, you can't tailor your program to just one individual. If you really want to make an impact, you kind of got to, you've, in my opinion now, and, and you can take my opinion in a quarter and go have a really bad cup of coffee. <laughs> so, or I like one. that. <laughs> um, but you, you kind of need to be a little rounded as to what you offer. And I'm not saying to offer a dozen different programs because if you offer too much, you're never really good at any of them. Yeah. But if you can, if you can, you know, get three or four programs within what you're doing and get solid in them, you can make an impact. And, you know, um, a lot of it, a lot of the success comes from networking with other nonprofits. So many nonprofits are so worried about working with other organizations because in in the scheme of things, it looks like it's just a little pie that we're all scrapping over. Right. And the reality of it is, is there's enough pie there. There's enough veterans out there that we can all, it's going to take all of us and it's going to take all of us working together and make an impact. It's that village, the community. Exactly. It's a tribe and it's a family. And that's what has been created between hero stock wheels for warriors. um, Deuce outfitters ministry hooves. Um, you know, we we work very closely with an organization out of Tennessee, a military sportsman. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's just there's some really good organizations out there that that it's it's about the veteran. It's not about the individuals that are a part of the organization. Right. And and that's that's what I've always told my guys is when if it ever becomes about you and not the veteran, you're doing this for the wrong reason and you need to get away from it because it's about selfless service and it's about impacting lives in a fashion that gets them off of that ledge. So, um, (laughs) I like your music. (laughs) I apologize. Um, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is that the landscape for Deuce Outfitters ministry in the last 24 hours has changed so dramatically because of some things that are going on. Um, and I, I would encourage people that are listening to, uh, 
to follow us and, and just really pay attention to what's happening because um, here in the very near future, you're going to see some real big changes and, and, a, and a kind of a facelift almost as to, to what do Salpeter's ministry looks like. And uh, it's, it's crazy because for so long I've been telling our team, we're one conversation away from from reaching that that mark where we are wanting to be, and uh, that conversation happened yesterday. And I got to be very very vague with <laughs> with what I'm sharing because our board doesn't even know that this that what's going on has has happened. And so it just alters everything. Our vice president, myself, and our president um, are the only individuals that that are aware of, of what's happening right now. So, um, you know, I'm going to say within the next week to 10 days, we'll make a huge announcement on our social media. And uh, it, we'll it's really follow and keep our listeners informed. Sure. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I just encourage, I encourage listeners um, that I encourage listeners to get involved because it takes more people than what honestly our, our grassroots nonprofits have on hand. Wow. So like do Southfitters ministry is made up literally um, from a standpoint of individuals that are active constantly of five individuals. And that's doing every aspect of running a nonprofit plus right. ministering to and, and um, so dealing so you, I, you say ministry, do you guys like have a service as a natural? Well, I'm an, I'm an ordained pastor. I am a pastor. And so, and this is what I tell people. It, it's never, ever been about religion. And that's where people have gotten it twisted. Right. Um, Jesus doesn't care whether you're Baptist, whether you're, you know, whether you're a Christian, whether you're... Um, whatever. I mean, Lutheran, it's, it's not about religion. It's not about rules. It's not about somebody standing over you and judging you. Rebecca. What Jesus wants is a personal relationship. Right. He wants, he wants you to talk to him the way that I'm talking to you. That's it. He wants you to lean on him the way that, 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 we lean on each other as brothers and sisters. And so it's not about judgment and it's not about rules and regulations and, and that, and that's where people have got it just twisted and, and, and and are so misinformed because for so long, the churches stood above people and judged them and condemned them. Definitely. And that isn't the message. Not once did Jesus condemn anybody. Right. There was one throughout his entire ministry of 33 years. There was only one time that there was even a remote question 
of him judging somebody. And it's when um, the Pharisees caught a woman um, having premarital sex or being a, a prostitute or what have you. And uh, Christ confronts the Pharisees and says, let you who are without sin cast the first stone. Well, I'm sorry. I'm a pastor. That's what I do. That isn't who I am. I'm just as messed up as you are. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm just and and that's, I would never, ever be a good congregational pastor because I don't want to stand over people and, and, you know, that isn't who I am. So whenever I do speaking engagements, I don't even want a stage. I want a chair and I want to sit on the floor and just have a conversation with people. Right. Because conversations are what heals. Definitely. Conversations are what changes people's minds and conversations are what can, can bridge gaps. And, and actually, I got an example of how that's very true. So even with my father and sister both being a veteran, I never considered veterans. You know, it's like it was never on the forefront. It was never important. I never thought about it. I, never, I didn't not, not think about it, but it was just an ignorance to it until Jason came on. And when Jason came on and said 22 veterans a day, it was like, how do I not know this? Well, because the VA doesn't, nobody ever expresses that number because if the VA were to put that out there, then that would mean the VA would have to be accountable. Right. They aren't going to, they don't want that accountability. I know. And that's why I think it's so good that we are having this conversation because you're educating me. And, you know, because once again, I, you know, I have my father passed away, but my father and then you know, my sister, and you hear good stories, but you never hear the bad stories, you know? And and it's, it's like, because they don't want to be judged. Right. Or, or either what, like they don't, they, they're, they're, they're scared to be judged for what they were called to do. And then on other circumstances, there's that worry of being judged of what you were called to stand down from doing when you could have made a difference and you never got the go call. And so, you know, um, that's where this mental health issue has come into such a huge place because these individuals that have these struggles in their mind, to them, what makes sense is for them to remove themselves from the equation, right? If I wasn't here, my family wouldn't be suffering. If I wasn't here, um, you know, my family wouldn't see me being alcohol dependent or street drug dependent or whatever dependency that may be. So the answer in their mind is if I wasn't here, they wouldn't have to deal with that. But the very the 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 saddest part of that is they don't realize the ripple effect that that causes in their wheelhouse, whether that is their immediate family, or it's their brothers in arms, no matter who that is in their wheelhouse, by them taking their own life, it causes a ripple effect throughout their immediate community that affects everybody. 
you know, the, the hardest, the hardest thing I have ever had to do in my 55 years of life as a pastor is face a family, a wife and three children and tell them there's nothing you could have done to change the fact that your husband took his own life. There's nothing you could have done. And and then you have to think about the trauma and now the mental health issues. I guess what you're saying the same thing, but to me is like, I'm hearing the words now, the mental health issues that that causes, you know, the fact that my father, my brother, you know, my husband took his own life or her own life and I didn't do anything or I didn't know, or I didn't have a clue. Um, Here's the thing. An individual that is serious about taking his own life or her own life, you're never going to know. When you when you are picking up signs and signals and and they're pitching clues out there, they're they're not wanting to commit suicide. They're wanting somebody to stop and listen to them. Right. They're they aren't wanting to do it. But that individual that is serious about taking their own life, they're just going to go do it. So, you know, you know, these families, even these gold star families, you know, that that are saying, well, I never knew they never. I mean, there was never a sign. And, you know, I there I didn't think there was anything wrong. It's not their fault. And, And so the sad thing is, is those families and those individuals in that in in that person's wheelhouse carry that that guilt. Well, if, if only I'd have known, if only I would have seen, if only I could have done this or done that, there, it, there's nothing you could have done. Is there any yeah. recommendation you can make to someone like me who, who was ignorant to like this subject? But is there anything that you could recommend that that I can, something I can do, an action I can do to help veterans and just in my own family, you know, or that I know personally? Um, because, you know, it's like I, I have friends and we talk and it's like, what's up? And we kick it. But it's like we never, you know, here's the thing, conversation, you know, you know, the one thing that and, and this is what I tell people. There's a reason why God created us with two ears and one mouth. If we would all spend a little time more listening, a little preach, you ain't going to come on my podcast and tell me to shut up. OK, <laughs> not going to do it. Okay. God didn't send you to do that. Okay. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? I'm going to explain to you and to everybody in the public, right? If you see me and you need to talk, please stop me. I yes. got tears for days. Okay. Yes. That's However, it. though, remember that the same way I had ears, now it's going to be your turn to get ears. Oh, Lord. Sure. You're have to listen to me. Absolutely. And, and, but the thing is, is that don't pry. So, you know, the worst thing that an individual can do is pry and ask those leading questions, because all you're doing is you're taking that individual back into that situation that he's trying to get out of. And most individuals that are asking those questions, they're just doing it to be nosy. You know, it's and what I tell here looking at me like I I guess I do ask crazy questions and I am nosy, but I promise you I care. (laughs) You know, it's just that there's it's such a fine line, you know, 
that those are these individuals that are struggling so badly. The last thing we want to do is take them back into that situation. Right. You know, so it's just, it's letting them know, like, like for me, every veteran that I come into contact with, whether they've been through our, our program, whether it's they reach out to me through social media or it's somebody that, that list heard me on a podcast. Right. And we're going to list all your information. So yeah, they're going to know how to reach you. It's my phone is on 24 seven. I don't care if it's three o'clock in New York and there's a two hour difference between New York and Nebraska. I don't care if you're battling the demons, you call me because you're not going to battle them alone. Okay, now that's what the enemy wants on that, on that, right? So we we have like a line that's dedicated for our podcast is listed on our website. And usually we just get a lot of spam phone calls and those kind of things. Well, the other day I got a text from uh, just actually I didn't know who it was, but it was just a text. But um, in talking, you know, I'm trying to figure out who's this. Like we talking, just tell me who you are, who you trying to reach, you know, what's going on. But. I guess it, it came to be a guy who was standing on a bridge and he was trying to, and this was, he was thinking about killing himself. Yeah. Now, I'm not mentally prepared for this text. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Yeah, I don't know. We're not professionals. Uh, right. It's like, it's a disclaimer on our website. I promise you. It's just that I like to talk and I like to talk about mental health, but I can't cure you. Right. I was so scared. I didn't want to do the wrong thing. I, you know, I suggested I, like they call, emergency services um there is a suicide hotline you can continue to talk to me you can call if you want i just didn't know what to do people they just need to know that somebody honestly cares that they matter that they're not invisible you know and and i here's here's the thing i don't care if you're a a korean war veteran whether or you're a you're a, you know, a, an Afghan war veteran. If I, I don't care, I don't care if you've never seen battle time. I don't care if you're military or if you're not military. The reality of it is, is each and every one of God's creations is priceless. Right. Not only to, to me because of who God has called me to be, right. but you're priceless to God. And he doesn't want to see you struggling. Um, and I just that. what's that? I said that's something I really do believe. I don't believe that God created us to struggle. I just no. I mean, I'm really, I'm I like, in order to actually believe in God, I have to be a believe in a God that is not that cruel. <laughs> you know. Well, here's the thing: true love is God loved you, both of you, so much that he sent his only son to die on a cross for you and pay your sin debt. Right. Before he even knew you. Yeah. It's crazy. So if you had a child, would you send that child to die for society? That's why I don't have no kids. I can't make them decisions. But, but I mean, do you see what, are you picking up what I'm laying down? Definitely, definitely, definitely. And honestly, kind of, I mean, what I kind of, to end up doing was um, 
kind of explained to him, like you said, like this is just a moment right now. Yes. You can either make this a really, really bad moment <laughs> or it can be fleeing. You know, you feel this way now, but feelings are fleeing. And that's that's well, just it. They're making a snap decision right. on, a, on a moment that they're experiencing. You want to hear a scary number? One out of every three children that lose a, a veteran parent to suicide is going to commit suicide themselves. So that's 33% of children that have a veteran parent that commits suicide is going to commit suicide. So now we're talking a generational curse. Where does it end? What can we do? I mean, I know you're saying don't judge. and Well, don't pry. Don't judge. Um, But then what can we do? You know, just just be there. Listen. Interact with them. If you see a veteran, if you see a veteran on the street and you can, you, you definitely can tell a veteran every time you can walk by a veteran and know he's a veteran. Right. Because of the way he wears it, he'll wear a hat. I'm a veteran or you can just tell, take, take two seconds and say, thank you. If you see a veteran on the side, the, on the side of the road that's asking for $5 or something, it takes two minutes of your time to say, how can I help you? Definitely. Now, a lot, now don't, a lot of, not a lot. I, I can't give you a percentage, but you're going to have those individuals that are going to say, yeah, $5 you can spare. Well, no, I don't. But what I can do is I can go buy you some groceries or, I can take you over here. Let's go grab a bite to eat. So at least you have a hot meal in you. How much time and effort does that take out of a 24 hour day? And how much of how much do we have going on in a 24 hour day is so pressing that we can't be humane and care about our neighbor? Definitely. You know, if, if, if you suspected that that somebody's suicidal, I wouldn't necessarily ask them if they are, but say, hey, you know, let's let's go talk to somebody who might be a little more qualified to visit with you than what I am. Right. I may not be able to help you, but I darn sure will will try to find somebody who can. And I'll go with you. We could go together. Yeah. Right. Because so many people they want to take they want to take that responsibility off themselves. I know I did. I'm not going to lie. When it happened, it, it wasn't that I wanted to take the responsibility off. More so is I didn't know what to do. That was the right. part that got me. It's like, first of all, I didn't know if it was real. I'm like, is somebody pranking me? You know, people being stupid on the phone. I kind of thought that at first. But then it's like, okay, we just need to assume that it's real. And I was very, very lost on what to do. It's like, what advice do I give? What do I say? Other than don't jump. Like, yeah. don't, don't do that. <laughs> it's just it's just taking the time to say, hey man, what's going on? How can I help you? Right. You know, before you make a brash decision on doing something that is gonna affect so many people that care about you and love you, can you and I just visit? Use me as a sounding board. Right. You know, like I said. Everything that I say, you can take that in a quarter and go have a real bad cup of coffee. Oh, no, no. It's good advice. It's good advice. And because there's, some good, there's some good quarter cups of coffee now. 
because <laughs> I don't have all the answers, but I can lead you to someone who does. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That needs to be my new slogan. Like, hold up. I don't got it. And I'll go with you. Even if you want me to go, we can go together. You know, if you need a hand, let's go. But you know, it's, it's crazy. You really want to be bold. Ask him if you can pray with him. Can I pray for you? You want to see somebody break down. You want to see somebody that is that at that point in time, they at that very moment to have somebody say, can I pray with you? That lets them know that you care. Right. But you got to be genuine about it. Your walk and your talk have got to match up. It's not a get out of jail free card. Definitely. Well, you know what? I always send everybody to my sister-in-law. Shout out to Nene real quick. Because that is one praying chick, right? It's so funny because it's like this morning I'm texting my brother, like, can you have Nene call someone so and pray with them? <laughs> because she pray now. Like, you need you a Nene prayer. Like, you got to get you a them prayers. But um, yeah. I'll pray for you, though. I will I will do that. Um, and Rebecca, sorry. Well, yeah, it was just going to change the subject real quick because I wanted to say this before we ended. But I, I, I was obviously looking at your website and I saw on there that you guys were setting up like this little bunker type thing. And I was just kind no. of wondering if you guys do that actually, or if so, that was- no, that's our drash tent. And, and what that is, is it's a, it's a um, military connex that opens up. So it, before you open it, it's just a standard eight by 10, storage com you know container but you the the sides crank out on it and create a sleeping quarters well ours we've wired with electricity and it's essentially a very it's a it's an apartment that'll sleep five people it's got a pellet stove in it it's got a microwave a mini fridge a coffee maker a kitchen table and chairs it has a love seat, a, a, a lounger in it, and then it's got three or four bunks in it. So, I mean, we can sleep five people in there effectively. Yeah, it looks very military-like. But, it, you know, it's what what Deuce wants to do is we don't want somebody to not come and see us because of money. So, you know, what we offer there's no expense to the veteran except to get here, right. especially on the hunting side. You know, yes, you have to buy your tags and license up front, but the minute you get here and you get to headquarters, we reimburse you for all that. All your meals are prepared for you by my wife, Ms. J. And I would recommend that if you're coming out here to spend any time with us, diet for about seven to 10 days Whoa. because you're going to gain about seven to 10 pounds. Because I was, I wasn't, I didn't want to be selfish, but I was like, is Miss J going to feed me too? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Okay. You know, but your meals are provided for, housing is available if you choose to use it so you don't have to, uh, you know, accrue an expense there. We How don't. Many days do they get to stay? However many days that they need to yeah. decompress, yeah. you know, typically on a hunting excursion, the longest typically is five days that we've had veterans stay. Um, but, you know, we're getting to a point now that that once we launch this equine program, 
we don't want it just to be veterans. We want it to be that veteran in his family because the family has got to heal as a unit. Yes. That veteran has suffered and he's got hurts and he's got wounds that are deep, but that family does too. That family is hurting that wife or husband and those children. And so the, the most sacred thing that God ever created was the family unit. And if you, if you look at scripture, that's basically all it talks about is family. Right. And so we cannot heal just one aspect of that unit. And that's why the sequine therapy program is so important. Because if done properly, you can heal an entire family as a unit, and that family is going to stay together. My niece, um, my oldest niece, had, um, well, has CP, cerebral cerebral palsy, and she um, did a lot of equine therapy when she was younger, and she just loved it. And she was at the point when she was... mm, I don't know, probably one, and they didn't think she was going to survive. Uh, but she did through my my sister is a miracle worker. I don't know how she managed to get through it all, but as she got older, she, they she went through equine therapy for years, and it was one of the things that made her smile and laugh, and it was just amazing. If you, if you can just put a smile on somebody's face once a day that gives them something positive to hold on to. And these individuals that are hurting, they're at a point where they, they don't have anything to smile about. And so she could ride a horse. (laughs) Absolutely. It's amazing. You know, the first time that I took my wife and, and we lost our next to youngest daughter on March 23rd of this year. And so as a family, we're dealing with some major hurts. Um, And she left behind a nine-year-old boy and a four-year-old little girl. And uh, to see my grandson finally smile when we took him out to the ranch where we'll be getting our Mustangs, and to have that Mustang wrap its neck around him like a hug and hold him. Oh, boy. But that was- to see that happen to my wife. And then to see her finally let emotion out and have a moment where she can be transparent and just cry. Because she doesn't have to be strong. Right. That's when the healing begins. And it's amazing what equine therapy will do, the scars and the wounds. And it's not a one and done. And I tell our veterans that I don't ever want you to just come one time and I don't and and never speak or call or come and see us again. Right. Because you're part of our tribe now. You're part of our family. And, and we expect you to, to come back and see us. But as all nonprofits, 
and especially ours because we're a hundred percent donation based. Right. I was just going to ask you, is that information on your website? Yes. Um, but you know, in, in eight years, Ms. J and I have never taken a paycheck. Everything goes back into the ministry to make sure that it's going back to that. We can continue with this program and healing veterans. Wow. And so, you know, it takes it takes people taking twenty dollars, whether it's my not, whether it's Do Southfitters Ministry or Wheels for Warriors or Hero Stock or Sit Rep Twenty Two or these great grassroots nonprofits that are mom and pa run organizations right. and are doing it for the right reasons. You know, how much money do we blow a week or a month just pissing it away? Right. Definitely. We could take that little bit of money and and donate it and make a difference. But society is all about self anymore. It's all about crying and she ugly crying. You got her over here ugly crying. I'm sorry, preach. So we should get off camera because she ugly crying. Look That's all right, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, you know what? I was thinking that we need to come and cook for Miss J. Uh, you know, you guys are more than welcome to come out anytime, you know. Um, and it, if you guys are coming out for Hero Stock, you'll have an opportunity to meet uh, our entire team, except for one of our board members. Um, and I guarantee you that you'll be treated like family. Um, cause to us, that's what matters. And that's what we want people to feel from us is that you're part of our family Definitely. and we're going to go through hell and high water to make sure you're okay. Yes, thank you. and, and, and we feel the same way. I'm like, you're part of our family. It was like everything you were saying earlier. It was like, I was going to tell you before we finished, you know, like <laughs> you've been here once. Now you got to come back and tell us what's going on. Rebecca and I, we're going to send you guys $1,000, right? It's a little bit, but it's it's going to help, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't have expected that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I mean, we're thanking you and Ms. J and all the organizations that you uh, mentioned. We're going to try to continue to get to know, a little, you know, a little bit of all you guys because, uh, you know, veterans, so you know, community themselves, they're part here's, of our- Here's something that's really exciting that I can share. October 7th, we're hosting our first gala event. Um, Wheels for Warriors will be there with their Husker bike that they are giving away to a veteran. Uh, Jason Steiner will be there with Hero Stock. He's part of our team as well. Um, And it's a fundraising event to help raise the funds for our equine program. Um, There's going to be a couple other podcasts there that are going to be live streaming from that event. And if you guys would want to come out and live stream from it, you're more than welcome to. You you know, you coming into the event doesn't cost you anything. We're serving prime rib or salmon. Um, it's it's going to be a great night. It's There's going to be a live auction, a silent auction. There's going to be some great speakers there. Um, you know, think about it. Yeah, you can fly directly into Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, and you know, some bugs, right? (laughs) 
walk around with a net. I, yeah, I'm like scared time. of bugs, and I feel like it just sounds like Nebraska. I think like y'all symbol is a. Nah, bug. you'd be all right. You'd be all right. I promise, especially in October. Okay. Okay. All right. I just got to watch out for deer and stuff. I think I'm. Dude, you're gonna be out in eastern Nebraska in September. No. You want to talk about bugs? It's humid there. Oh, Lord. Uh, you know what? It's Our desert heat where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Jason, um, sorry. No. Seriously, you, you, guys, you guys are going to be able to experience things that, by, especially by going to Hero Stock, you're coming in on a ground floor. This thing's good. Hero stock, I guarantee you. You know, I'm trying to get is, Beyonce for hero stock. I don't know if Jason told you. That is my mission. It's <laughs> it, it's going to be amazing. I mean, literally, this year, I was talking to Jason last night, and he's like, dude, I don't think the venue's big enough. Wow. I've got people coming from 15 different states. I mean, and the venue was set for 4,000 people. So to go from 400 people to 4,000 people in the first year, and it's a one-day event, and next year it's going to double in size. Of course. And so I told him months ago, I said, you better strap it on, brother, because it's going to be, be its own monster, and you better be ready for this ride. And it's really cool because it's raising all the awareness that it needs. Yes. And it's linking nonprofits together. Right. Definitely. And and just veterans are still going unknown. You know, I'm kind of guilty of that. Not that I did it purposely, but, you know, just unconsciously, you don't realize like, you know. When it's not directly impacting your life or right in your face. face. It's not. It's like, wow. You know, now it's like, I feel like I need to pay more attention if, even if it's just to thank them for my service, you know. Absolutely. I said for my That simple statement right there. For their service. That simple statement can make such a difference in somebody's lives because what it does is 